0: The Old Testament, reading is from Isaiah, the seventh chapter. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as shale or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Ahaz. Emmanuel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is from Titus, the second chapter. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, This was the first registration when Pyreneus was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary as betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swathing cloths, and laid him in a manger you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger.
1: In the name of our incarnate Savior, the Son of God, Emmanuel Jesus. Again, glad to see everyone together. What a beautiful reason, again, for us to be together. Of all of the great Christmas activities that we are enjoying, I hope, uh, of all those, the greatest of all is to be here, to come to the very heart of what Christmas is really all about. We're going to learn about that in this prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7. And the name, one of the names of the Messiah, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Tonight I have three presents in this sermon that I'm going to open and hopefully open in your minds and hearts as well. These are the gifts that come to us through the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Gifts that bless the soul and that uh, which blesses the soul, blesses the body and the family and the church and the state, and the entire world. All wrapped up in this one little Hebrew name, Emmanuel. Let's begin with the first one. Emmanuel means God with us. And so as we begin, we want to think about how important it is that, that we know this person, this being, God. The German philosopher uh, over a hundred years ago proclaimed, God is dead. He was wrong then, and he's still wrong today. I'll grant you that a lot of the elites in Europe and later in America, yeah, for them who's intel- they think because of their intelligence they understand everything so well that they don't need to believe in God, uh, yeah, for them, I'm sure, God was and still is dead, and I'll grant you that atheism is the rising popular religion in our country today. And why not? Uh, it's very attractive uh, to adopt a religion where you can get rid of commandments, a religion that makes you look intelligent and sophisticated, uh, a religion that uh, some perhaps think is morally superior, especially to all those dirty people in the Bible, like Noah, who got drunk and was involved in an incestuous relationship or of uh, Abraham, who nearly sacrificed at the command of God his own son, David, who committed adultery and murder, and into the New Testament those soldiers and uh, prostitutes and tax collectors and all the disciples, down to you and me, who have followed Jesus. Yes, uh, it may seem more attractive, And then there is also the problem of of those for whom God is only half-dead. That is to say, they want to say they believe in God, but they don't believe in His miracles. They don't believe in His creation, His virgin birth, as we're talking about tonight. His resurrection physically from the dead, His ascension to heaven and the right hand of God, and His promise again physically to return again on the last day. Uh, Many just have trouble believing all of those things. And I do hope uh, that in their hearts there still is a a spark of real faith there. Uh, Faith that needs some correction, as Paul says. Uh, And fanning of the flame uh, to bring that faith back to where God wants it to be. For without it, half of a faith is like half a boat. They both, in the end, are going to sink. But the philosopher was wrong. Even in his day and even today, the average person, by and large, recognizes God. May not believe in the God of the Bible, and they may not have faith in the saving God who saves us from our sins, but they do believe in a higher power beside themselves. And they do that especially for two reasons. One is so obvious, you don't need to be a great scientist to see it But uh, this world just cannot be an accident. And in fact, the more science advances, the more this is just proven to be true again and again and again. There are so many facts, so many constants, so many firm realities, uh, such as uh, the force of gravity, the size of the earth, the charge of an electron, the structure of the solar system. And I can go on to hundreds of examples of these uh, being discovered one after another right now And backing everyone into a corner uh, with the admission that this universe must be created by someone with a greater intelligence than ours. But another reason why the average person still believes in God, or at least some version of God, is, is also because though the world has become more knowledgeable and civilization more sophisticated, it doesn't mean that it's become morally better. It it just means that men have found more sophisticated ways to lie and manipulate and and steal and and murder and all of the terrible things that are going on. Jail populations are increasing, not decreasing, and actually spilling out into the streets. And so we see over and over these two reasons. Uh, Life can't be an accident and evil is very real. And, And people know they need something more than themselves in this life and in this world. And that's where Christmas brings us to this God who is greater than all of us, great beyond our wildest imaginations. And that brings us to the second gift of this prophecy of Isaiah to Ahaz, uh, that this child will be called Emmanuel, God with us. I've said on a number of occasions that uh, when you read the Bible and when you try to understand the Bible, uh, it's sometimes the smallest words that are the most important. Uh, Take, for example, the word "but." Uh, The Bible says over and over again that uh, we are sinners, but God loves sinners and God forgives sinners and gives us our salvation. So it is with this little word "with." God wants to be with us. He is the creator of this world and. And though it has fallen, he doesn't get angry with it and walk away from it. He actually comes to it. This is not the way of the other ideas that people have about God and other religions that people have invented. Uh, In all of them, it's just the opposite. Among the Greeks, uh, mere mortals were not allowed to go up onto Mount Olympus to hang out with the gods up there, the Pantheon. Uh, The supreme being of Buddha... Is not a person at all, and he doesn't care about you as a person at all. He can't. And the Allah of Islam and of Muslims, while he may send his prophets, he will not come into this world physically. In fact, to say so for them is utter blasphemy. These religions teach that man must make his way to God, but the Bible teaches just the opposite that God has made his way to man. John 1, John tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt, literally tented among us, lived intimately with us. Jesus was not a spirit drifting around among his disciples. He is God in the flesh. And so Gabriel told Mary that the child, this physical child to be born, would actually be the Son of God. Last Sunday we looked at Micah's prophecy that told about the physical birthplace of Jesus in Bethlehem. And tonight, we're looking at this prophecy of Isaiah that tells us of his mother, the Virgin Mary. This all happened 700 years. It's a tremendous prophecy that God, through Isaiah, gave to Ahaz. Ahaz was one of the worst kings of Judah. He was worried because there were some enemies from the north causing problems, and He went out and made an alliance with the Assyrians. And it wasn't just military help that he took back from them. He was so impressed with one of their altars and their gods that he made a model of it and brought it back and put it in the temple along with all the other things that were in there to worship the true God, Yahweh. Ahaz was so lost in these ways of men's religions, uh, that that he actually offered his own sons as a sacrifice to some of these gods. And that's why Isaiah came in and basically told him to knock it off. And not only Ahaz, but all the house of David, because most of those sons of David, those who became kings, were bad. And so he tells uh, Ahaz to ask for a sign, but oh wishy-washy Ahaz, who has no problem believing in all these different gods. When it finally comes down to the one true God, the knees begin to knock. He begins to get scared. And he backs off. He doesn't really want to be confronted by this true God. And so Isaiah says, well, you're going to be confronted. You and all your other sons of David, these bad kings, and all of Israel, and all the world, in fact. And that's where we come to Christmas and to this prophecy's fulfillment in Mary, the virgin, and the child that the angel told Joseph also would be named Emmanuel, God with us. With us. And that's what we need when we think about our sins inside ourselves that we struggle with, when we think about the sinful world around us and all the difficulties that it presents to us. This is what we need. A Savior who comes, comes to be with us physically and in every way possible through the womb of the Virgin Mary, in the manger, at the cross, in the tomb, and on the last day. In John's first letter, chapter 4, he says, you are of God, little children, for greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Yet Jesus gave up that greatness on the cross in order to take our sins which made him the lowest of all. But when he died as the Holy Son of God, all those sins died with him. He came to be with us and we with him. And that brings us to this last word in the name Emmanuel, us. God with us. What an important word this is as well. You know, it is uh, always tempting for us to think that our faith is mainly personal. The devil loves this idea and he uses it to divide. He is a divider and an isolator. And he does this in many different ways. Always finding ways to separate us from each other and from God himself. For example, teaching people that really you're better off not having children than having children. A lot of people are starting to believe that today. Or that marriage is not really important at all. And so today in our country we have 20 million children being raised without a physical father in the home. And statistically there is no question about it. That is the number one cause of poverty and crime in the world today. It is a sin problem and a problem that can only be solved by a savior. It is a sin problem that fractures and divides and destroys, and that can only be overcome with forgiveness and faith and love. Technology is a blessing that God has given to us. It makes our lives physically more comfortable in many ways, but not necessarily better off emotionally. There are many people whose only friends today are the people they see on TV or in their games that they are playing it has become such a problem that in England they have established a government office entitled the Minister of Loneliness. This is why the us in Emmanuel, God with us, is so very important. Uh, Isaiah didn't tell Ahaz he would be called Emmanuel. In Hebrew, that would be uh, God with me. It was Emmanuel, God with us. And this personal relationship that Jesus has with all of his disciples is not just personal. It is always interpersonal. And we see it in his teaching and everything that he did. He was, yes, at times going off by himself to pray, and he taught us to go to, into our closets privately to pray. But he always taught us to come back together with the saints, to be together together. Jesus taught the disciples this model prayer. Notice, it's not my Father who is in heaven, but our Father who is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. At his ascension, as Jesus shared his last uh, command with his disciples, He said, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And the you there is plural. Southerners would say, y'all, I am with you all to the end of the age. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Jesus' church on earth, the us of Emmanuel, God with us, is your place where you can find your part in this beautiful us, this holy family. It began with Jesus and Mary and Joseph in our next 530 service. We're going to have the children acting that out a little bit for us. It expanded to include the shepherds and then the wise men and then one by one the disciples until here we are today all gathered together, part of that great us of God with us. We're not here together just for the sake of being together. That's not the point, really. We are here because we've been drawn together by Jesus. If we were just to be focusing on togetherness, we would again fail. It would never have the power and the strength to hold together. But it is Jesus that holds us together. And as we all look to him, then whoever we are, whatever language we speak, whatever ethnicity we may come from, whether we are strong or weak, rich, poor, beautiful or plain, funny or not so funny, smart or simple, hurting or helping, fortunate or unfortunate. It is the Lord Jesus that draws us to him and therefore to one another. And so when we come and worship together, it's very important that we come to be part of that us. Sometimes we come to be the us that's helping somebody else. At other times, we're the us that needs to be helped by someone besides ourselves. These are these beautiful gifts packed away for us in the name of the Messiah, Emmanuel. The first is the reality of God, a just and a forgiving God. The second is with. He doesn't walk away from, but rather comes to us to be with us. And close to us. And finally, the third gift is all of you together, all of us together in Christ, helping one another, connected to one another. And when we are connected in this manual way, there is no device that devil the devil might use that will divide us either from one another or from God Himself. This is our blessing this Christmas. In Jesus' Amen.